Have you ever felt bored in history class? Struggle to keep your eyelids open while your teacher drones on and on? Maybe it's time to let history come alive through young adult books. Today I'm going to share three books with you. A biography, a nonfiction book, and a historical fiction book that will challenge what you know about history. Typhoid outbreaks, the Holocaust, and the German occupation of Amsterdam. Gender queer teens. If you're confused about the connection between these historical events, join us today as we look in depth at three beautifully written young adult books. Our first book is the biography, Terrible Typhoid Mary, a true story of the deadliest cook in America by Susan Bartoletti. The author tells us in the introduction that if you're squeamish and don't like to read about germs, then it's best that you stop reading now and find a different book to read. Typhoid is a disease we don't hear much about today in the United States, but in the early 1900s, typhoid breaks were a very scary reality. Typhoid was spread mainly through poor sanitation and could work its way through kitchens due to no hand-washing routine by cooks. This is where we meet Mary Mellon. Mary Mellon was a 37-year-old unmarried woman from Ireland. Records don't give us much information as to why she came to the United States as a 15-year-old girl to live with her aunt and uncle, but she eventually becomes a cook for wealthy families in New York City. She becomes employed by the Warren family and travels to Oyster Bay, located on Long Island in August of 1906. Mary settles into a routine, we're told, but eventually six people in the house fall ill to typhoid. The house is immediately quarantined, and Mary disappears. We're not sure why, if her services were no longer needed, if she decided to go elsewhere on her own accord, but she disappears. From that point forward, we start to discover this trail of typhoid outbreaks that seem to follow Mary wherever she went. When Mary is confronted by health workers, she is insistent that she is healthy. How can this be? How can this seemingly healthy cook how it infect other people with typhoid? As the story unfolds, we find out that Mary is a healthy carrier, and therein lies the problem. Can the govern, government quarantine a person indefinitely who, seem, who is seemingly healthy? This book takes an interesting turn, and instead of presenting Mary as the problem, we begin to feel compassion for her. She is quarantined for many, many months, not allowed to leave this lonely place where she is taken. And so we come to a discussion. Is it right? Can a government do that to a people? What constitutional rights do we have as citizens of the United States? This book, Terrible Typhoid Mary, A True Story of the Deadliest Cook in America by Susan Bartoletti, will change, will challenge your beliefs about our government, will make you wonder, make you explore these questions that are seemingly hard to answer, and make you feel deep compassion for Mary Mellon. Next, we travel to the Netherlands, circa January 1943, and the historical fiction novel Girl in the Blue Coat by Monica Hesse. We meet Hanukkah Baker, a blonde-haired Danish teenager who has grown up in German-occupied Amsterdam. 
Annika is reeling from grief from her soldier's soldier boyfriend's death, and she has become distant and removed from the horrors of German occupation. While this is, is a historical fiction text, the background events are well-researched and factual. We learn that Annika is a black market runner and uses this as a means to provide for her and her parents. I want to read you an excerpt from page eight in the text. Most people would say I trade in the black market, the illicit underground exchange of goods. I prefer to think of myself as a finder. I find things. I find extra potatoes, meat, and lard. In the beginning, I could find sugar and chocolate, but those things have been harder recently, and I can only get them sometimes. When we study the Holocaust, we so often study it from the perspective of the Jews who were carted off to these concentration camps. However, this historical fiction book offers us a perspective rarely thought about. Annika and her family, they chose to ignore what was going on around them. And that would have continued, except for Annika is approached by one of her clients and asked to help find a missing Jewish girl. This is the start of a deep character change that we see deep inside of Annika as the story progresses. We come across um, members of the Amsterdam, Amsterdam student group, young people who risked their lives to help Jews, and they snuck out as many as 600 children from Amsterdam alone. We get to see Annika's transformation as she, pull, as she is pulled in into this search for Miriam, a 15-year-old Jewish girl. The author conveys Annika's internal struggle with risking her life to ensure the safety of others. And at some point in the novel, she realizes that she can stand silent no more. Perhaps one of the most profound moments of change in Annika's heart is when she's standing in this former movie theater that had been transformed into a holding pen for Jews. And she smells this horrific smell. Only later does she realize, and I quote, that what she smelled was fear. Fear, that's right. That was the odor I couldn't place before. That's the smell of my beautiful, breaking country. This beautiful historical fiction novel weaves in mystery and heartbreak and deep character change to help us understand what those involved in the resistance movement were doing in Amsterdam in the 1940s. This book, Monica Hesse's Girl in the Blue Coat, is a must-read. The third young adult book that I would like to mention tonight is The 57 Bus by Dashka Slater. We have fast-forwarded to November 4th, 2013 in Oakland, California. Bus 57 is making its normal route of the day. On board is Sasha, a teenager, born a male, but now identifying as a gender-neutral person. I would like to introduce you through to Sasha from an excerpt on page 16. When, when you first meet Sasha, they're quiet and shy. They have chin-length wavy brown hair, a pale round face, and thick dark eyebrows. When they smile, their eyes crinkle into slits. They wear glasses, round owlish ones, and they don't always look at you straight on. As a child, they were diagnosed with Asperger's, a form of autism, which can make them awkward socially. 
but it also makes them passionate about their interest, and the passion eventually trumps the shyness. Sasha is on board this bus, taking a nap as they come home from school. Also on board this bus is Richard Thomas, a 16-year-old black male from a very different upbringing than Sasha. From page 64 in the text. He was so light-skinned that people often assumed he was mixed and he acted younger than he was. Always smiling, always joking, always goofing around whether or not it was the time for it. Richard was good-looking, round-faced and hazeled eyes, had a way of holding your gaze that could make you feel like you were the center of the world. These two teenagers' lives were about to be forever intertwined in a horrific event. We have, at the beginning of the book, an introduction to this horrible moment in their lives. Sasha sleeps as Richard and his companions goof around, play fighting. Sleeps as Richard's cousins Lloyd bounds up and down the aisle, flirting with the girl up front. Sleeps as Richard surreptitiously flicks a lighter and touches it to the hem of that gauzy white skirt. In a moment, Sasha will wake inside a ball of flame and begin to scream. In a moment, everything will be set in motion. Taken by ambulance to a San Francisco burn unit, Sasha will spend the next three and a half weeks undergoing multiple surgeries to treat second and third degree burns running from calf to thigh. To be quite honest with you, I thought this was going to be a seemingly open and closed case. Richard had been a troubled child. He had served time in juvenile prison at 14. Here we have what seems to be a event in which someone who is genderqueer is persecuted. They've been lashed out on. However, as we start to delve further and further into the story, we realize that we can have compassion for Richard. What are the long-term effects of teenagers being sit, sent to adult prisons? The 57 bus by Dashka Slater will challenge everything that you think about the juvenile system. It will challenge you to think deeper about how we punish and how we deal with teenagers who find themselves in the midst of a horrible mistake. These three books, Terrible Typhoid Mary, Girl in the Blue Coat, and The 57 Bus, they all take place in very different times in history, but they all challenge us. They challenge us in similar ways. I hope through reading each of these books that you will see that history is more than a textbook.